0: Welcome to Arrow Devastation, the weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill.
1: Hiya.
0: How are you doing this week, Sam?
1: I'm fine. Good, good. I managed to manage to celebrate Christmas and the new year without contracting COVID-19. Good, yeah. yeah that good. Was, that's a nice nice thing to have happened. I appear to be the only person I know that hasn't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I, feel, I feel like... I'm doing fine. Like every other like, post I see on social media now is just like oh I've got COVID oh, oh somebody in my household's tested positive like it's yep. yeah it's terrifying
1: yeah I mean currently those aren't translating to extremely high hospital admissions I guess yeah currently which is something um, to be a yeah, there's no plan for restrictions apparently so we're just gonna carry on until everyone gets it and dies so I love this country
0: yeah just another day on normal island
1: yeah, it's great. I mean, we're we're considering whether we're going to open or not for in-store play. Yeah, again, I'm probably going to make the decision very close to the wire, honestly. Because the only problem for us is if, if we get sick, then the whole business shuts down. Yeah, and we don't have a lot of staff, so um, yeah, totally. We can't afford to get sick. Whereas, like, you know, I know the government never officially announced that people should expect, businesses should expect 25% of their workforce to be off ill, which is horrendous, yeah. um, especially with the levels of statutory sick pay. or the amount that businesses would have to pay out of their own pocket, small businesses specifically. Um, but yeah, just expect our staff to be off sick so that's the official advice, apparently. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to, I guess, try and avoid that by not being open to an extremely virulent virus <laughs> yeah
0: but you we'll can see. you can only do what you can do right and yeah i mean you know you, you i i think you've you've done pretty good as a store throughout this this whole thing really like i think so yeah yeah so Look, we've had
1: we've had masks the whole time yeah even when it was um unnecessary or, or a choice yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to, to wear a mask or not we've we've um had them not been in, the in the store the whole time and we feel good about that because i mean we've i think there's one person I know of in the store who had COVID, and he definitely didn't get it from the store. So, Mm. Um, and didn't pass it on to anyone else. So, that's good. Yeah, I think we've we've been doing a good job, and I'd I'd it's like I said before, like I'd much rather look very silly and be closed when we could have been open than be open when it's not safe to be.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent agree. I think you've you've done the right thing, for Art and yeah, I'm sure you'll continue to do the right thing. I'm just. Yeah, I've just definitely. gone full back into hermit mode. I think. I just. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to yeah, leave yeah, the probably. house ever again. Probably not till summer at least.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're just whenever we're leaving the house, just to see family or whatever, or friends. Everyone's testing, and obviously yeah. you can get false false negatives and stuff. But we're, if we we do what we can. Everyone's fully vaccinated. Everyone's taking tests whenever we see people. But other than that, yeah, we're pretty much back to self-imposed lockdown, really.
0: Yeah, that's it. And, like, doing the same thing, I did manage to get out and see some family over Christmas and, you know, everybody took tests and all that. But I think other than, you know, situations like that, I think for me, it's just like, right, I'll just go back to how how I took it right from the start. Only go out when it's necessary. If it's not necessary, then, yeah, I'll just stay in. And that's fine. I've done it before and I'll do it again. Yeah. It's yeah, you, know, sure. you know you know when people say like oh you know, if it was a life and death si- death situation well like it is. Yep. Yep. So I'm gonna yep. behave like it's <laughs> a life and death situation because it is. So. <laughs> well,
1: imagine being sensible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so,
1: that's somehow that's somehow
0: right. it's me. Somehow it falls on me to be the, the sensible one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, but wait, well. but, like I can't. I've, I've been been trying really hard not to pass judgment on people's specific situations because I know a lot of people you know went out to mass gatherings and stuff on uh, for New Year's and whatever yeah, yeah. And trying not to be a judgmental asshole because I'm a judgmental asshole all the time so I'm trying to be less because you know the people can do what they want and uh, taking the risks that they want to take and as long as they're not inflicting anything bad on anyone else I guess it's fine um, that does extend to my own family unfortunately but uh, yeah people can do what they want do what you want um and understand the risk you're taking, I guess. Yeah, yeah. God, I hope there's going to be restrictions. I know I'm very fortunate in that, that I want restrictions to be in place and can definitely tolerate them and would welcome them. Yeah, that, personally, that's Personally, I would like restrictions.
0: Because it's uh, exactly be Exact same position. Like, I, I know I come from a, a place of privilege, I guess, really, because of the fact that... like. Yes, I can work full time from home, and my income hasn't been affected at all throughout this, this whole thing. And I can, you know, I'm happy enough to entertain myself in the house. And I, don't, and I don't need to go out to the pub to feel alive. Like, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's different. Whatever. I, I just yeah, I it's... I wish it was over. I really wish it was over. But if I have to just grin and bear it for another year, then then so be it. And I'm all right with that. I'll just do what I need to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, from my point of view, I finally finished painting two thousand points of a forty uh, k army. Oh, nice! So that's cool, and I've rediscovered my love of RuneScape. Yeah, which I'm definitely not playing right now or recording. <laughs> I don't you accuse me of that?
0: Oh dear! Oh dear! Uh,
1: yeah, I did. I, I'm not doing anything important. Um, but yeah, like I, I those are things to do in the house that are really fun. Turns out. Anyway, let's uh, stop going doom and gloom, right? Yeah, uh,
0: one one of these days we're gonna, you know, we're gonna open up the, the great news that COVID's gone and we we've gone to a, we've gone to an F and uh, I don't know, like, I I do miss all that stuff I really really do but just trying to yeah, trying to stay, trying to stay the, responsible.
1: But by by then the sale of NFTs would have destroyed the environment and the economy so yeah <laughs> swings <and> roundabouts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've quit magic because they've released Ragavan two and he's like. Even better. Oh man, I mean,
1: this year, this year could be the 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 year of uh, Magic the Gathering NFTs. Oh yeah, and uh, and I'll quit, and that's fine. Yeah, I, and I'll, I, I'll do anything else with my time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I know I said it during last episode, but I'm still genuinely surprised that there were no NFTs to go along with the launch of um, of Kamigawa. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there's still time, but
1: I mean, there was, I'm surprised. There was uh, someone someone made a tweet. There was like a, a discourse about. NFTs in Magic, and someone tweeted. I, I cannot corroborate their source whatsoever. They didn't even post a source, but suggested that the the art that's created by the illustrators for Magic: The Gathering are contractually not allowed to make them NFTs. Which,
0: uh, yeah, I I don't, I don't know.
1: Which I don't know if that's true, but that would suggest that um, they're against NFTs, or whether they just wanted to make their own NFTs. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was interesting. Thing. Yeah, I don't, to get
0: past them? yeah i don't know it'd be interesting to, to, to look into that um because i mean yeah the, Hmm. i don't know it's an interesting one because i i know that i had seen some some discourse about obviously you have traditional magic art but then you also have digital magic art and there has been a lot of fantastic digital magic art art pieces over the the past few years um and there just obviously isn't the, the market there for that art like there is with the physical art because because there is no physical mm-hmm. art. So I did see some discourse around our NFTs being a way um, for digital artists to, to get around that and sort of create a marketplace for themselves, which also sucks. Like, there's got to be a better way of doing it, like...
1: Yeah, I guess that, the thing is with, with traditional artists, like, actual physical media being created... You can get that sort of one-off windfall yeah. where you're like, "Here is the illustration for Ragavan pilferer that Ooh. I created. Here is a physical item. <laughs> Here is a physical item. I will sell it to you for this lump sum, yeah. and you are the owner, and I am the person that receives a shitload of money from it. And that's a nice windfall that artists can get. And yeah. <clears throat> the magic art world has really picked up in the last couple of years, and artists are getting you know big chunks of money for their cool art, which is yeah. nice. And, Rightfully so, they deserve it. Yeah, and I guess the uh, The the way for digital artists, we do that who work exclusively in digital mediums, to make a final piece, um, would 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 be NFTs to give them the same opportunity, which I guess would be in that specific situation for that artist a good thing because they're able to get in on that. But then you'd still have to, you know, make an NFT (laughs) and run a bunch of computers and shit.
0: Could they not just like just make make a certificate? Just like print out a certificate and send that to the person, go, there you go, they you own it. Like that's well, the same thing. Like just sign well, a bit of paper. It's exactly the same thing, except that would hold up in a court of law and has far less like environmental impact.
1: Yeah, but then you wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get the cool tweets about someone's NFTs being hacked and stolen. Just <laughs> way funnier. They've,
0: they've stolen my apes. <laughs> 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 my I've apes seen, are gone. What, four...
1: <laughs> Four separate tweets from, like, C-list celebrities that have been like, someone hacked me and stole my apes. Oh, it's incredible. They stole 20, $27,000 worth of pictures of badly drawn apes. <laughs> like, incredible. <laughs> it's, it's incredible I... that you posted this on Twitter.com and thought you weren't going to get massively dragged.
0: It was the, the Waka Flaka Flame one. It was just, I oh, I been mean, Waka I've been hacked. All my apes gone. This just sold. Please help.
1: Please <laughs> help, <laughs> man. If only you'd done your research on the market and all, didn't all just my, buy them because it was a fad. All my apes gone. Just amazing. <laughs> all my apes gone. This is the thing. It's just these people like Post Malone, who I think is you know because he's really into NFTs. Um, his profile picture is currently a ape. Um, they, magic the gathering have announced that they're doing some kind of cool crossover with them yep this year uh that could be nfts but yeah people post money i have loads of money this is a thing that i can spend money on i will do it and then they don't actually know anything about what nfts are or how to not get scammed <laughs> get hacked and have yeah, your N- I mean, stolen
0: yeah even even at even at that level like they're coming in at the top of the pyramid as well so they mm. they they can do the shady money laundering thing if they want. I'm sure they've got people capital capable of doing that for them. But yeah, that uh, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly Post Malone does with Wizards of the Coast. I know he's he's kind of being I can't remember the exact term that they used for, but he's, he's going to kind of be the the ambassador of FNM over the next year, which uh, it'll be interesting Definitely. to see what he does, does.
1: He had you know it was about time he did something of value for the world. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Not Hot a,
1: take, I don't think Post
0: not a fan Mines. of his music, I take.
1: No, Postman's discography is tepid at pest yeah. <laughs> Um I'm not he's got a couple of like, you know, bangers that are fine if they come on in a in a party setting. I've never sounded older in my life. Um but yeah, he's not. they're not good. Not he's not making good music.
0: <laughs> I mean I, I agree. His his music is not for me. But he's he's incredibly passionate about the game, which I feel like I feel like he's passionate. Oh, he's sure, yeah. passionate in the in the right way about the game as well, um, and he's very very popular. So if that means more, if that means new and more casual eyes on the game, more people getting into the game, growth of Magic, that's good. That's good. It's definitely definitely good. Um, yeah, yeah. I just think he peaked. It, congratulations. I and then fell off a cliff. Don't even know what that means, but I'll, I'll take you for it.
1: It's- it's a song that was very popular in, like, 2017, 2018.
0: I only listened to music in so- 1994, f- I've got no idea.
1: This is very true. <laughs> I can confirm that's all you listen to. You're a sad old white man. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You found your lane.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's going to be interesting to see, see what they do. Um, I, I know he has sort of done some, like, unofficial collaborations with Magic already. So uh, at San Diego Comic Con last year, he did a collaboration with mm-hmm. e with ebay and psa i believe it was um where you could get cool. post malone zombie tokens and there were post malone like graded pokemon cards as well you could get from like the ebay booth at, at san diego comic con so there is an inner strad zombie featuring post malone's likeness as a token if that's something that you uh, would be interested in that that exists as a in a sort of official capacity but not quite
1: and it's a, it's I guess it's a fungible token, isn't it? It is, yeah.
0: It's a very fungible token.
1: <laughs> very fungible. If you want to, you know, if you don't want to piss him money away on pictures of on JPEGs of apes, buy one of those. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've moved on from, from from one doom and gloom topic to the next. At least that one was tangentially related to magic, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, figured. Look, it's it, it's New Year. What better way to start a new year than just have a look back over the previous year? Because last year was weird, right?
1: Yeah, I turns out I'm going to be, most of this episode, remembering things from 2021 in real time. <laughs> because you mentioned, like, two things when we, jo- when we joined the call that I just didn't know had happened yeah. last year. That were, like, meant to be relatively big deals, so... I'm excited to find out loads more of those things, and that I didn't actually pay a ma- pay attention to Magic at all last year.
0: Yeah, we have we have a, a timeline of of notable and, and lesser notable events uh, from Magic in 2021. Because yeah. I don't know, like to me, last year just felt incredibly strange. It felt like just an awful year of nothingness, but also like the quickest year I've ever experienced ever. And looking back through this yeah. timeline, I I think that definitely is is the feeling that uh, that I got for Magic as well last year.
1: Yeah, yeah. A lot of things happened, and I do not recall all of them. I either forgot they happened or thought they happened in like twenty nineteen. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's go through them.
0: Yeah. So we jump off right at the start. It was uh, back in January of last year. January twenty eighth saw the release of a mobile version and the proper official release of Magic the Gathering Arena. Uh,
1: y- yeah, that 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 happened.
0: Yeah. Yeah, uh,
1: and, and they haven't mentioned it since. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it finally came out of, of, of its it's open beta, I guess, um back in the early early last year, which feels absolutely bizarre. Like I've I've played Arena since the since the the late alpha period. Um and it's it's been on a wild journey since then. So it feels incredibly strange that 2021 was the year that Arena officially launched. Like as in like the full game. Yeah
1: yeah and it still doesn't work
0: it yeah it still it, has I think horrendous issues the,
1: there are a lot of people complaining about things with um, arena like it not working and bugs and such um and they're annoying and frustrating and the game has basically been released and you but you could still kind of chalk it up to oh it's in beta they're still yeah having, yeah having out issues four years down the line or whatever but no the the bugs are still still here <laughs> there are still bugs happening today. <laughs> even after the official launch of the actual game. So that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's just just bizarre to me. Like, the fact we're in January 2022 and Magic the Gathering Arena is officially less than a year old. Like, the complete yeah. game. Like, it's just weird. Absolutely blows my mind. I don't know. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how far, I guess, not only how far it, it goes, but I guess what it turns into this year. Because I, I think... Over the course of last year, we really saw it sort of take shape and become its own thing—the the real sort of separation between digital magic and, and tabletop magic. So it'll be interesting to see what magic looks like this time next year.
1: I, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Unrecognizable, I should imagine.
0: How about this one for you? In February, we had the release of time That was fine. Yeah, I definitely
1: thought that was definitely
0: thought that was twenty twenty. Yeah, time it, it was definitely twenty twenty one for me. I, I felt like time was an incredibly disappointing set, given that I'd been super excited about the setting for for years. Uh, yeah, just just let me down. I think it was one of those planes where yeah. we talked about it quite a lot already. Like the fact that if this had been set out, if this had been set out over two sets or, or three sets, uh, this this would have been fantastic. Like if this had been done the way like Theros was done, I think time would be one of those memorable planes that would be loved by a lot of people. But given the nature. Of magic or is the nature of magic in 2020 and 2021 it just felt like a real sort of flash in the pan it's done it's here for a week yeah. and then we got to think about the next thing
1: yeah it felt like it wasn't really given the respect that I feel a plane as, as old and beloved as Caldheim deserved but yeah totally anyway, we've got some cool cards and some extremely powerful cards yeah the- yeah so I so mean that's, that's they cool. had
0: to change how Cascade worked as a mechanic so there we go
1: <laughs> yeah exactly that's that makes it an important uh, in Magic's history.
0: Experience. Yeah, definitely, definitely does, definitely does. Uh, then in February, so twenty days after that, we had the announcement of Universes Beyond. February. It's almost a year, almost a year since they announced Universes Beyond.
1: And they've done one so far. <laughs> uh,
0: have Have they done any so far? Technically.
1: Well, none of them actually shipped, but they they
0: yeah that's pre true.
1: sold the Stranger Things one. Right?
0: That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that still isn't in people's hands yet <laughs> so um, yeah nearly a year later and none of them actually exist yet in physical yeah. paper but yeah they announced that and everyone lost their lost their minds about it and then we forgot about it in about three days yeah
0: definitely I mean I, I my opinion on it is still very much as it was back then like as long as they're not making busted cards that like warp formats then that, that's fine. Like, they're distinguishable from from other magic cards and they don't, you know, they don't print like, I don't know, like, Marnius Kalgar, the Broken in Legacy, then like, that's fine by me. They can do whatever they want with these universes beyond things. I'm sure there'll be an audience for it. For it. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I, I, I think the Lord of the Rings set will be, will be very good. Um, it's going to be very strange seeing some of the cards in modern but i do think that if, if they do sort of reskin them as, as magic cards at least the cards that are good and powerful and seek play in those formats and i don't have an issue with it people can play the magic cards if they want to play the magic cards they can play the lord of the rings cards if they want to play the lord of the rings cards i'm sure there'll be some weird rules interactions that they'll have to change at some point but i guess we guess like everything with magic we, we cross that bridge when we come to it
1: yeah, I think the big thing about twenty twenty one for me was just thinking whatever, and just accepting that the wizards are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah, and yeah. how I feel about it literally does not matter.
0: <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Like, yeah, any anything that might have been sacred is long dead. Like, yeah, we have, <laughs> we God is dead, and we have killed him. Or God is dead, and Mark Rosewater personally killed him, and you should go write an angry email to him or something.
1: Yeah, and then send a couple of death threats to members of the commander advisory group because you're a well-adjusted and reasonable person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely their fault.
0: But it's, yeah, I don't know. It just, it feels like forever ago to me when Universe Beyond was was announced. But I guess it is, uh, one of those things though, like in retrospect, I'm thankful that they have, that like they did announce it so long ago. So by the time it does come around, definitely the the sting will have worn off a bit for for people that, that would, you know, Upset by it, um, I definitely one of those one isn't one of those people. But I, 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 definitely had some feelings on the Walking Dead. Like I didn't like the like the Walking Dead thing. But when they announced Universal's beyond, and are like, right, we're going to make it this, whole, this whole thing. We're going to do you know magic as Richard Garfield intended. It's it's a rule set, and you can have different sets and different things and different themes, and we can mash everything up. Then yeah, sure. That just it seemed, seemed like the like the logical conclusion to that. And yeah yeah i think very much the same if they go, if they want to go go wild and and print whatever like they can it's fine i don't have to play with those things um it's it's very I feel like it's very difficult to be like oh if they want to do something ridiculous like xyz because they've already announced there's going to be a fortnite secret lair coming so like whatever i say cop can't, can't be like any more ridiculous so i don't know we'll see we'll see where it goes
1: yeah, Magic the Gathering has officially jumped the shark. I don't know if oh, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. We're still all here, right? And its magic's bigger than it has been, so.
0: Yeah. Uh, next up, which I think is is certainly something of note, was on March nineteenth we had the release of Time Spiral Remastered.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. This one I
1: remember. This
0: one I loved this. This was this was that set that was for me. hundred um, percent. Everything about this was amazing. Uh yeah possibly the best thing they did for magic last year i think i think it's it's, it's close between this and modern horizons 2 in my opinion um but yeah remastered magic sets are something that i thought would have been a cool idea for for a long time i mean we saw them with magic online and they worked really well there Uh, i i think it was a huge success i think it was definitely underprinted um and you know maybe a little overpriced for what it was but the set itself was great it looked like a fantastic draft environment. I'll never get to play. Um, and yeah, those, those retro-boarded cards, the, the retro-treatment to the to the cards in that set were fantastic, and I hope that's something that we see a lot more of going forward.
1: Yeah, I remember the time I uh, sold an underground city to buy old-boarded cards in foil. <laughs> remember, remember that time where I, I, I did that on purpose. Yeah. It was fine. The transaction is still roughly in my favour yeah. <laughs> currently. So it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, this, they, were, they were great. This was definitely the product for me. And I bought a lot of cards from it.
0: Yep. Yep. I bought a retro border Chalice of the Void for £15. Pounds, so that was, <laughs> that was, that was an a, excellent choice, you yeah, made. Very, very good. Very good decision on my part. I, I still have that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, what a cool set. I really hope that they do more remastered tests. So when not we new I mean there isn't one announced for for this year. Um I guess we have so many other products that they will be fine if they don't do one this year. If they do one next year, I think it would be cool to be cool to see like Inner remastered would be cool, or like I don't know, really take a step even further back and be like like Urza's block remastered or like even like Dominara remastered and just do like a greatest hits from sets that are set on the, the Dominaria plane that aren't reserveless stables. I think it would be a cool way to yeah, do it.
1: Yeah, uh, like, I kind of like the idea of double feature. Yeah, yeah. Which we're getting some time this year. Allegedly. Did, did, you know, yeah. did you know the boxes are more expensive than collector boxes?
0: Than collector boxes? Wow, I did not know that.
1: Yeah, they're extremely expensive. No one's ever going to buy the product. Um,
0: what's, yeah, what's the point in that?
1: Yeah, there's like t- t- 24 boosters, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the same price, or if not slightly more expensive than a collector box of comes and Val or um, Midnight Hunt. Wow, why? Because they have the they have the fun special treatments, Joe. You know?
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> that make cards indistinguishable from one another. Yeah, but I kind of, that kind of like that awful. idea. Yeah, I kind of like that idea and concept. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like the kind of we'll just pick and choose the best cards from from these sets, so that like, you could do Zendikar remastered, where you have original Zendikar yeah. block, Bav Zendikar block, and Zendikar Rising, and you just pick the best cards and have like that be a draft format, or like. Fun uh, card frame booster fun. Things.
0: Yeah, that would be really cool. Zendikar remastered, and then you can put like the, uh, like the original like Zendikar expeditions in there. Like one every six boxes has one of those, whatever. Or maybe they could even do like a, like a new version of the like the, uh, whatever the, the hidden treasures. Like yeah, I feel like you're gonna kind of real real fun. I think with with a Zendikar themed remastered set.
1: Yeah, I, li- I like the idea, and do again, really but, cool. I mean, Time Spiral Remastered was was a slam dunk. I think yeah. everyone everyone loved it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Did that kind of thing again.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think whatever whatever they were trying to achieve with that set, with that set, I I think that they probably uh, probably achieved it. Definitely. <laughs> Here's one. Four days later, twenty third of March, it was the launch of the open beta for Magic Legends, the free to play action RPG from Wizards of the Coast and Cryptic Studios. It's
1: my favourite ARPG. I play it all the time. Yeah. I think, <laughs> didn't they cancel this in like a month? Wasn't it live for you know, like a month and then it got taken down?
0: Yeah, that's another point. Later in this timeline, we June 29th, uh, four, months <laughs> after the op- four months after the open beta launch, Magic Legends has announced to be terminated.
1: Fucking hell. How- didn't they put so much into that? I mean, yeah, I assume it's so. either It's either, it's funny on either of two axes that I, I'm sure I could find the information, but I'm too lazy to Google something stupid as Magic Legends. But either they put loads of time, money and, and people into making this thing and it flopped, or they just didn't bother at all and made a crappy game that no one wanted to play, so they cancelled it. I think both it, of those
0: situations are terrible. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, a, it's a little bit of both, plus they also like lied about what it was, and were like oh, yeah. it's going to be the Magic MMO and then it just wasn't like <laughs> it, just it yeah. just wasn't what it was originally advertised as, and like I don't know, it came out around the same time as like Diablo 4 or whatever it did, like Diablo 3. I don't know, yeah, yeah.
1: And like in the midst of like wow updates and stuff, and yeah, a bunch of other actual MMOs doing well, <laughs> it was just a bad time. Um, yeah, I had a couple of friends who played it for like an afternoon and said, eh, and then never touched it again. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a dead die. Bald,
0: <laughs> yeah, Baldur, Baldur's Gate three. That's the one I'm thinking of.
1: Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, was, sure. Was like, the one that came out.
0: Pitch. Yeah, came out like the same time. Like, why yeah. would you, why would you make this this ARPG that's doomed to fail after you've advertised it as being an MMO and then just isn't? And like. I just, everything was wrong everything was wrong about that game it was like oh you're a planeswalker and you can do all of these spells and none of the spells had the same name as magic cards and there were no art for magic cards and I just I failed to understand who that game was for and I guess yep. yeah <laughs> it's a good it reason just... why it was terminated four months after it's open beta
1: <laughs> it was vaguely it was a vaguely magic skinned generic ARPG that wasn't very yeah. really good Uh, which is a shame because I think that kind of thing would be cool like a magic MMO would be cool just generally like a magic
0: Magic MMO would be cool it just wasn't it
1: like a remake of Chandelier would be great yeah something like that there's like Jewels of the Planeswalkers was still very very popular I checked on Steam there are still people who play like the Jewels of the Planeswalkers games from 2013-2014 yeah there's definitely a market for it I'd give it a go but this was just so seems so hastily made Um, and I think at the time I was probably still playing World of Warcraft so didn't really have time in my life for, for another fake. Anime. Yeah, plus like,
0: but like yeah. D- Dungeons Dragons, like you, you own, like so so yeah. many so many big ARPG intellectual properties. Why not like work with the people that make those games to do a magic version? Like I don't know. Like from what I saw, like I didn't see very much of the game, but from what I did see, the bits that looked good were like the maps, so like like the planes that you could visit like Zendikar looked sort of like Zendikar, Innistrad looked fantastic and looked like Innistrad uh, and I have no idea what the other one was Um couldn't assume Dominaria but I have no idea, it just kind of looked like generic plane but you <laughs> this, yeah there's, there's like a precedent there for like Wizards of the Coast producing fantastic ARPG games so I don't understand why they didn't just tap into those resources and make a magic version don't know Makes no sense because but whatever it's, it's gone, a... it's dead. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's the most important thing. Yeah.
0: Great, truly bizarre. And then uh, two days after that, Magic Arena came to the iPad.
1: Yay. <laughs> yeah, a couple of months that's after its official release.
0: Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure some people were were dying yeah. for that. But yeah, sure finally, some people play it on the iPad. But... yeah, March twenty fifth, it was available for all platforms. That said, it was going to be in. 2018 or whenever it was announced
1: yeah I'm sure people play it there yeah and I'm I'm sure they've uh, got medical attention for the burns on their skin from holding an ipad playing <laughs> yeah or, it, or it's exploded and they're dead so
0: <laughs> next up we have the 1st of april uh definitely not an april fools joke here we had nick kelman left Wizards of the Coast which was fantastic one of the best things they've ever done was get rid of and Nick I, Kelman
1: yeah and I feel vindicated for that time in an episode of this podcast where I definitely did something said something that was uh, defamation so <laughs> <laughs> I was right Nick Kelman resigned and there's a bunch of stuff on the internet about Nick Kelman and things he's done yeah if you put two and two together it makes <laughs> sense yeah yeah.
0: Yeah. He was awful, and I'm glad he's gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Correct. Then the next day, Challenger decks were, re- were released. <laughs> Standard Challenger Fuck decks off. were released <laughs> April 2nd, 2021.
1: Right in the middle of the pandemic. Great, yeah. great time for that to come They were pretty good, actually. We still have um, two of each in stock, I think. Yeah, I uh, think. Because for- who the hell has them? They've rotated out now, the cards in them. Um, oh yeah like some of them but um, they were pretty well built decks they were cool they had some reasonable reprints Um, I just I think Challenger extra great idea Um, I guess we'll come to the Pioneer ones um, shortly yeah like
0: the the blue white one has has like yeah the blue white one has a shark typhoon and and, and, like two Skyclave apparitions like it's pretty good right
1: yeah, there's some good stuff in them. Like they're actually well-built decks, and you could definitely go two to, to an F&M with them. Yeah, um, yeah,
0: it's got it's got mystical disputes. It's got yeah, it's, it's, it's good got stuff. Reasonable cards, the blue-white one. Um,
1: I like the challenger deck model. It's it's like the best pre con they do. Yeah, um, because you can still sell it to like casuals because they don't care about standard, but it's just a collection of cards they can play, right?
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, which is
1: nice. Because like the planeswalker decks, like they're ex- exclusively for casuals, um, and then the face planeswalkers had a bit of a premium on them. They're like between five and eight pounds each because not many people <laughs> bought or opened the play- the planeswalker decks. Yeah, they're, they're, they're crap. They're crap decks, and they play the same and extremely linear. Whereas these ones, like surely they're more expensive, but they're they're actual like actually well constructed constructed decks. Yeah, and I um, I think they're a really good product, and I hope they continue. And these ones are good as well. It's just a shame. Uh, one, install play was definitely not back at this no. point in time, <laughs> two they're about to rotate out, which I guess makes sense in their model yeah, yeah. to put a future-proof standard deck into the public um, and then, yeah, no one's playing standard anymore because no one likes standard anyway, uh, Arena has taken the standard crowd, then the standard crowd moved to Historic because they felt that Wizards had ruined standard and then a pandemic yep. happened which means no one has any standard cards anymore so no one's playing standard in paper but <laughs> the decks are cool and I like that they exist and I hope they carry on yeah,
0: definitely, definitely. Cool. Next up, then we have April twenty third. We have the release of Strixhaven, a School of Mages. Uh, I think Strixhaven was fantastic. I think it'll go down as, as one of Magic's most underrated sets. I think, to be honest, I think it, it was a, a yeah. quiet success. Really, uh, I think the, the, the mystical. Like... Yeah, I think the mystical archives were amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, they had issues. For historic for for Magic Arena, but besides that, I think it was fantastic. It did that thing where like you could buy a three pound fifty booster pack or whatever and open a twenty pound card, and that's great. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, I loved it. I loved the special Japanese treatments that they got. I collected those as well. Like the first time I collected a, a set of Magic cards for ages, and yeah, big big fan of this set. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, cool setting, cool world building. Um, it's a reasonable draft set. Um, which they they're basically knocking every draft set out of the park. Even Crimson Balance yes. leagues ahead of sets three or four years ago. Definitely. Um, uh, yeah, just just some really cool cards. Um, I'm a big. I think. Fan of that I think.
0: Set. Yeah, I think the only issues that I take with it are like every card has like 200 words in it. Like new Magic cards just have like far too many words in them, and just, just are not good because of that. They're...
1: Yeah, I I like that design. Um, just as as a design space, I think it's cool. But when you have like both sides of the card, literally have two paragraphs of text, it really gets lost, and yeah. you don't know which like because there are there are choices you make when you're making <laughs> playing game of Magic the Gathering. Often it's just a puzzle you have to solve, and you have the game pieces and you try and you try and work it out. But if you have to remember the backside of a card which does loads of stuff. It's very hard to know which one you should cast and you can easily misplay by just playing the front phase because you can't remember what the backside does and or having to take them out and read it. And I guess it works on arena, right? But it's still a lot to grok on arena. Um, yeah, definitely. But I like it's, the it's just, space if you've got
0: it's um, something that I've I've noticed a lot as well. So I've been playing a lot of Vintage Cube on on stream this week and like see so talking to people in chat and like reading out like what cards do, like when I'm making picks and like highlighting and looking at cool cards, like while I'm making the picks. Sometimes I'll be like I'll read out the the full text of a card and have like three seconds left on the timer to make a pick because there's so many stupid words on the card. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's very true. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, magic I please. Kind of like... I'm trying to explain to chat what the card does. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're making streaming impossible. Yeah, yeah. The um, because because you know with, with previous double faced cards they they just flipped sort of by themselves. Um, you didn't get to choose which one. You had to put the front front side, then it became the back side. So you didn't really have autonomy in that decision, which was fine and then I like that obviously we'll come to the Zendikar Rising was 2020 yeah right so with Zendikar Rising you had um, the back was always a land that's fine it's easy because it's mm. the same color as the card and they all end tapped unless they're the mythic yeah which you can pay three life for and um, that's fine I like I kind of like this the design if you were to do like on the front it's lightning strike on the back it's giant growth yeah easy you can remember them you know what the cards called Know what the card does, but when it's so many words, it's just a little bit difficult. But yeah, that, I think Streetsaving was was uh, an excellent set. Uh, yeah, I like the designs in that set
0: too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, overall, I do think it was a good set. Uh, I I still don't agree that like the schools or colleges or whatever were were you know that different from guilds. Um, no, I
1: agree. I agree. And
0: I I hate the amount of legendary creatures in the set, and like they all just had like names that were incredibly just unforgettable and effects that were incredibly like forgettable and yeah I don't know I feel like it, it was far from a perfect set but I do think that it, it was quietly one of the better sets released last year too large thanks to the mystical archives but also were were some just some some cool cards and very very powerful cards in that set as well like like expressive iteration like what a sick card that is like potentially yeah, potentially too powerful for for formats but it's cool that it was just a, yeah. just an uncommon in the set.
1: Yeah, like one of the better cards in legacy and modern. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's it's cool. I like that they keep doing that. I mean, I guess, you know, we can talk about especially when we get to Modern Horizons 2, the rotation of um the rotation of eternal formats and stuff and there's new cards every three days that you, you have to play and have to buy and they're really expensive but i like that they're still pushing designs and strict wasn't definitely wasn't a a theorist beyond death definitely wasn't a throne of a drain or, yeah, or no. Spark. but definitely had those those like exciting cool players that aren't just stupid mythics they're like yeah well, well-designed uncleans i like that a lot more than your uros your okos your to time revelers
0: definitely definitely cool next up then uh we had uh, May 7th, we had the release of Secret Lair Ultimate Edition 2. So, obviously, Secret Lair Ultimate Jesus Edition was, was the, uh, the Fetch Lands, uh, and this time they did Ultimate Edition 2, which was the 10 Pathway Lands from Zendikar Rising and Kaldheim Do
1: you want to buy some? No. You, we have so many. Do you want to <laughs> buy one? We have um, like six.
0: I'm not surprised at all, to be honest.
1: Oh, God, we have so many. Yeah, these didn't sell, the, it, it was bad. I yeah. hate this product, it's awful the pathways are excellent, they're a really cool design for lands they're stays. really cool
0: lands, the art is amazing on this version, but like yeah, what is this I mean, product? Yeah,
1: they they see some amount of play at least in every non-legacy and vintage format um, they're great for commander they're fine in certain modern strategies they're good in pioneer, good for standard um I like the Pathways as a design. The problem yeah. with this is that you make a product... I like the kind of, like, here's what the Zendikar ones would look like on Cal Time, what the Cal Time ones would look like on Zendikar. I like yeah, that, yeah. that's fine. But the, the problem is, with the Booster Fun, you already have borderless foil versions that you can get in booster packs yeah. of these cards. So if you have the... The only one that's good is the Need Pathway, because <laughs> it allows you to buy a borderless foil, nice uh, bling version of that card without having the art of a bastard in your deck. But yeah. you already have, like, cool borderless foil versions of these so what which i've opened from a booster pack or bought for like five pounds at the time because that's what they were retailing for why do i need another special version that looks basically indistinguishable just the art's different not, you know unless people remember what the art is they don't know which version it is and it has a shooting star instead of the set symbol i just don't yeah i don't it, what it, I, I, I why
0: what what is the what's so the retail odd. price what's the retail price in a set of these
1: Oh, Christ knows. Like 80 quid or something stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know.
1: I, f- I stopped checking because I-, I knew at a certain time because we were trying to sell them and then no one bought them for... When did they come out? 7th uh, uh, of yeah, May. It's oh, 7th yeah. so They haven't sold for six months, so I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a, an awful secret there.
0: Yeah, I I would agree. I think it just they really missed missed the mark on this one. And again, you got that massive massive box as well, and the the air yeah, that they said they were going to be oh, becoming more environmentally friendly.
1: I, I know, know they're taking up a bunch of my shelf space in the stock room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, I mean this that's the main problem with this is that like so with normal secret layers, you have like a cool version. So it's, like, you already have premium versions of cards, but this time it could be an artist that you really like, or uh, a border treatment that's very different, or it could be it, the, the art's different enough that it looks cool. But these are like, we already have ones that look basically indistinguishable from these from booster packs. So yeah. it wasn't like a cool frame treatment or anything. And yeah, the ultimate edition when it was the fetchlands made sense because people want fetch lands to be reprinted. So it makes it makes ultimate seem reasonable. Ultimate edition when it's foil pathways, <laughs> a little harder to take.
0: Yeah. No, so speaking of things that were hard to take, we have 13th of May, so one week later, Magic Esports announced that MPL and Rivals League are going to be retired for the 2021-2022 Players Tour season, and pro players were told that they should not consider Magic professionally moving forward. Cool. That sucked. That, like, really sucked. Just to be like, oh, hey, this thing that we've invested in and really, really yeah. pushed is the future of, of organised play. Nope. It's gone, and also, none of you have jobs anymore. Like, that sucks. Yep. That really sucks for a lot of those people.
1: We have no plans for organised play, even returning to the old system. We have nothing to give you good luck. Yep. It's, um, yeah, it's heinous. (laughs) This was awful. I I think, you know, generally, I'm sure we talked about this at the time, but, like, the general removal of an organised play system is horrendous in terms of magic.
0: Yeah.
1: And it just, you know, they're just moving towards casual. Magic is a casual game that you you buy your Commander X. You buy your secret layers. You play commander games, and that's fine. There's a market for that, and you know I enjoy yes. those things also. But yeah. you've just removed all like the point of. I mean, the point of the competitive the competitive nature of Magic for me is just the competition itself. I don't care if it's an FNM. I don't care if it's a GP. Um, I enjoy playing competitive Magic regardless of the actual stakes. But to have absolutely no stakes, and there's no dream of being a professional Magic player when you could be a professional if you're good enough in basically every game in the world, then it just seems odd that you'd remove the organised player system yeah. and give us no information about what the organised player system might be going forward, really. Yeah, yeah, And obviously, you know, pandemic and whatever, but yeah, you you touted this thing as, like, this is how professional magic works, and then just getting rid of it and The it world the will know. Yeah, it won't. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's the thing as well, like, the other thing that happened as well, because we're going through a list here, we've just skipped all of the, like, big tournament was won by such and such, because no yeah, yeah, one cares about them. No one knows matter. that the tournaments are happening.
0: Literally doesn't, it doesn't matter,
1: has no, no. It's great for that person, and I'm sure they're very pleased. The only one I cared about was uh, Yuu Takahashi, because he deserves it. Um, But yeah, I didn't know when any tournaments were going on. I'd find about them secondhand on Twitter. I didn't really know who most people in the NPL were at this point, because Wizards had done such a horrible job of advertising it. Whereas when we had coverage every weekend, and I got to watch a GP or a PT every weekend or an SEG event, I knew who these people were. I followed people. And I cared about how they did, and they cared about how they did, and they they worked really hard for actual stakes. But now it's just it's just nothing. There is no yeah. organized play anymore outside of FNM, basically, which is wild.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, I mean, one of know, the we'll, lower points
1: of 2021.
0: We'll see what happens going forward. So they did very recently announce that that um, that William Huey Jensen is going to be the the head of organized play going forward. Um, so good luck to him. It does, you know, in my opinion, I feel like it is a bit of a poison chalice. Um. And I'm sure, I'm sure he's somebody who could come up with a good system, given that he's somebody who's played in all of the various systems over the years, has a fantastic first-hand feel for, for the old system and the way things were and just how, how good things can be when they are good. But at the end of the day, there's going to be somebody above him that has to sign off on of anything he wants to do. So although I, I feel like he would be a good person for the job, Ultimately, I understand that decisions aren't his at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I also have my own feelings about Huey, but... Yeah. That's for another yeah. time.
0: <laughs> me too, me too. Cool. Well, the next day, after pro players were told that they should not consider magically, magic professionally... Uh, It was the official retirement of Planeswalker decks which were announced that they would be replaced with commander decks going forward, so (laughs) Uh,
1: half of this was good. Yeah.
0: Just just looking at this timeline, like, it's it's very, very clear to see that you know, somewhere somewhere along the past almost two years at this point, they've looked at the data, they've gone, Well, we're spending a lot of money here, but we're making a lot of money here. Why don't we Stop spending this money that we're not seeing a return on, and let's make more money in this area. Like, I don't know, it's just all laid out in this timeline. You can just see it like, oh, yeah. we're retiring organized player, it doesn't make money. Commander makes a lot of money, let's let's make some more money from Commander players.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Planes Organ X, as I said earlier, are shit and were yeah. bad, but I think it was, it was an okay thing to sell a new player, yeah, it's it
0: cheap. It, uh... That's it. they're one of those things that I I feel like they they had a purpose like you know from my time working in an LGS a lot of the time we would get people coming in oh I want to start with magic I haven't played anything what what can I get well you go you can darken a planeswalker deck there'll be a very easy to understand version of every different card type in a planeswalker deck and it's not as as potentially overwhelming as something as like a tech builders toolkit used to be like that was the product that I started with but. It definitely was was a much I think a, a much better tool for teaching the fundamentals of magic would be something like the Planeswalker deck. But
1: yeah,
0: no. At the same time, yeah, they were crap, and who was buying them really? Grandparents. Grandparents yeah, buying their kids in... stuff from from big box stores, like
1: or someone typing in Magic the Gathering on eBay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sold very few of them. The people that we did sell them to were very excited to have them, but then they came back and bought. You know, boost packs or well, singles <laughs> yeah. a few weeks later. Um, the replacement of Commander X is heinous and one of the worst things I think that was <laughs> of the Coast has done to, you know, um, secondary market sellers. There's so many cards now. Um, I could go on, I could do a whole episode about why Commander X with every set release is horrendous. Um, and maybe I'll be allowed to at some point. <laughs> but yeah. I think the Commander Decks are bad. Because then you're replacing something that was good for new players with something that is horrendous for new players. I know Commander is how you play Magic now and it's the thing you should introduce players on, but it's so yeah. hard to introduce people to play Magic on Commander because there's like 30 years' worth of cards and there's so many things going on and it's four people, that's so many people, you don't get to understand the fundamentals. <coughs> yeah, so that, many cards, that, there are so true. many sets. Jesus Christ, we don't sell the Commander decks anymore because people are so burnt out because there was a Commander deck that came out three weeks ago and they don't want to spend more money. It, it's a terrible decision. But planeswalker Decks were terrible and they still send out I think free intro decks for people um, uh, so I can intro... give people those and, and sell them a boost back or something so that's cool
0: it's, a, it's an intro booster now I believe
1: it's a welcome booster welcome
0: actually, booster yeah. that's the one yeah welcome which booster which a
1: deck you can't actually play with it,
0: no, <laughs> it so... some,
1: and they're all the same as well they're all the so, so same you contents. have to buy
0: your commander deck to play the game
1: and you can't sell them challenger decks because challenger decks are like 30 quid and I don't want to sell someone who doesn't know if they like magic or not a 30 pound product that's so much money
0: yeah, look, at the end of the day, the Command Zone has over half a million subscribers on YouTube, so there we go. That's magic now.
1: I just, like, I don't... Like, I have to... So someone comes in, and I want to get into magic, and the only option I have... I mean, we, we currently have a backstock of Plain Talkin' so I can still send yeah. that thing. Um, Though they're, they're outdated. But someone comes in, and like, they want to buy something... And I'm like, okay, well, the thing for you that I've been, you know, we've been told by Wizards of the Coast is the thing for new players is this this commander deck, which is 30 to 40 pounds, which is so much money to spend on a brand new hobby, you have no interest, you know, you have no idea if you're actually interested in or want to play it. And it's so confusing and so difficult to understand, whereas like, at least with the Planeswalker decks, it was very, very simple. And everything interacted with the Chandra on the front, and it was all red cards and fiery spells. Yeah. At least that made sense to get someone into the game, and then they come back and buy an actual product that was good. But Commander decks are so much, and I, I'm charging people so much money, and I don't see them again because they open this thing and go, "What the fuck is this?" and don't know what they're doing, and they're forty I... pounds down, and that sucks. Haven't haven't they got
0: a big Netflix series coming out this year? Yep, based around Planeswalkers. Yep. Why not have? Planeswalker yep. decks to go along with mm-hmm. that one. Like, oh, I, I watched the Netflix thing. I want to get into this game. Oh, I like this character that I saw on the show. I'll buy their deck. Oh, this is cool. I want more.
1: I don't I might know. just go in, I might go to a stockist and see if I can actually get a job lot of Planeswalker decks for cheap just to still have to sell to people. Yeah. Because there's so much, like, I, I've I said how crap they are, but they're so much better to sell to new players because they're like, we can sell them for like £10. Yeah. And you spend £10 on just like a random game to play, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You spent £10 on a cinema ticket. Like, yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you um. Yeah, two of you spend £20 between you and you get to see if you like this game or not. Yeah. And you get a lot of play out of them. Yeah, I just I think it's... And, yeah, Command, the Commanded X being with every set release is, for a multitude of reasons, one of the worst decisions was to have made and that's saying a lot.
0: It's awful, but the numbers are the numbers, aren't they? Money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so speaking of money, uh, June eighteenth saw the release of Modern Horizons two. It was uh, oh baby, <laughs> uh, this set. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like I have so many good positive things, but also a load of negative things to say about this set. I think as as a set, as a collection of Magic the Gathering cards, what a what a home run! Just what a fantastic set. Like every card is either like really powerful and something i want to play or just really cool and something i want to play uh yep. like yeah as, as a set like everything else aside it it was amazing absolutely amazing uh, i love what it did in terms of, of, of reprints as well reprinting the fetchlands the way they did like at rare that was fantastic reprinting them a multitude of different ways that was good having to have a, a whole powerpoint presentation to understand <laughs> where those multitude of ways could be got <laughs> was yeah, not we, very good. <laughs> we
1: spent a good forty-five minutes after recording an episode trying to work out where the fuck you opened old border fetchlands.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old, it, that, where can I open old bordered non-foil Urza? And it's like, oh, nowhere. Like <laughs> you can't actually. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, exist. a yeah, that doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> cool, Thanks.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what what is there left to say about Mon Horizons two and its impact on Magic as a as a game and the formats that the cards are legal in? Yeah, but I think you know, in terms of designing powerful, modern playable cards, home run. Yep. Draft format, good flavor, great. General cards, great. Like it. It was a well designed, and good Magic set. It's just a shame that most cards in modern decks are from this set now. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. You know, and, and that's and the moderns in a good place. Like we spent a lot of time on this podcast saying how much we disliked modern and didn't want to play it ever. And that's changed now, because, I mean, you know, it's a turn three format. You know where you've won or lost on turn three. Yeah, but yeah, every deck's like that, and every deck has answers, and you have stuff like Prismatic Ending and Un- Unholy Heat, which are excellent designs. Um, and
0: Gutshot. Uh, Gutshot's still
1: pretty playable. <laughs> exactly, like you have all these answers. And, like, Ragavan is now the good guy, I think.
0: Uh, don't know about it's, that, but like, yeah.
1: But, you know, we, were, we people clamouring for Ragavan and the Nosasar to be banned, mainly because they didn't want to spend hundreds of pounds on places of magic cards that were good yeah um, which i understand but it's still silly um definitely
0: i think that's that the thing i think modern is genuinely the best place it's been in for for years but that comes at a cost like like literally like you, you go to you, yep. you you open up mtg goldfish and it's it's now the norm for your magic deck to be over a thousand dollars like yeah the average price is back, back when i yeah back when i was getting into modern it was like Jund was the only thing that cost more than a thousand dollars and like, and that was the joke, it was like oh, Jund players, but now we're like, I don't know, your average deck costs more than a Jund deck did back in the day
1: Yeah, and most of it is because of Modern Horizons 2 <laughs> yeah. you've got Ragavan and you've got um, Solitude, Fury expensive and then you've got the lands it's, Yeah, it's that's it, like it.
0: fetch lands are still expensive at the end of the day, and like, even though they did reprint some of them in, in Modern Horizons 2 the price did come down it there's still expensive cards at the end of the day like you're still looking at like you know like near into 100 pounds for that place that is golden torn it's, it's a lot of money
1: yeah it's the, the modern's extremely expensive and modern horizon yeah. has a lot to answer for for that but it was a great yeah. set well designed great great flavor um great card choices Cool designs, just loads of really cool designs. Like, for as much as Solitude is just a staple and extremely expensive, it, those evoke cards are really cool design-wise. Um, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, they're the, fantastic.
1: The, the Grief femorate deck is actually not that good, so that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great, great set, um, and I think I would be sad if it didn't exist, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I... Yeah, I I think there are certainly there are certainly powerful and problematic cards for for Modern and Legacy, but I think the formats are in good places. Overall I think it is I I think it's a set I love. It's a set that I love. Like as a standalone set, it's a set that I love. I love everything about it apart from what it's done for accessibility, which is a real shame. But For for sure. I don't know. On the on the flip side. That does mean that we can continue to have like master sets in the future and they can just put modern horizon staples and master sets. It's, it's a way to, to feed their other products and keep master sets good value and, and great sets as well. And I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. I guess we'll see. I mean, Time yeah, will tell.
1: Com- the company that makes the game you like making money is a good thing, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure, for sure. For the most part, <laughs> cool. So uh, speaking of masters, uh, next up on the timeline we have July the first. This is another an arena one, but Pioneer Masters was announced that it was going to be put on hold for an unspecified time.
1: Because they just put all their eggs in the historic basket, and that seems to have actually gone quite well. So yeah,
0: pretty much, pretty much. I mean, for the longest time, people were crying out with something, something to do. Once rotation was happening, what they were, you know, they were going to have a bunch of cards that they can't do anything with. Then, oh, it comes historic. Turns out Historic is good, actually. Historic is very good. Um, it's the format I have played the most during the pandemic time. Uh, I, I've, I've had a lot of fun playing it. played a, a bunch of different decks. And yeah, I, I can understand why they don't want to put Pioneer on Arena now. Um, especially, I think, given everything that's happened since as well, with the further separation of, of digital magic and what digital magic looks like as opposed to what paper magic looks like to me yeah makes sense i'd love to see see pioneer on, on the client but I, I fully understand why it's not on there and i don't think it ever will be to be honest
1: yeah i agree
0: <laughs> cool uh next up then we have july 23rd the release of dungeons and dragons adventures in the forgotten realms Ugh. so this is the set that replaced core set 2020 it's a non-canonical dungeons and dragons crossover set um it's fine. I think this... Yeah, there was like, I don't know, a couple of good cards, maybe. This this set does nothing yeah. for me.
1: Yeah, I think the thing with this set is that it was proposing a core set and was therefore on the power level of a core set, and no one's ever yeah. excited about a core set, really. Yeah. um, <clears throat> You have a few bangers, like you, you have your goal loss and you feel of the dead from core sets, and when they reprinted Crucible of Worlds and Escape Shift. And I mean, Corset
0: 2021 was great. Core set 2020 was... was, was pretty good for what it was. 2019 was a yeah. bit whatever, but yeah. yeah. This, this they felt they like were just getting good. Like,
1: yeah, this this feels like a return to like M13 level uh, core cool sets in terms of power level. You had a few cool cards. You had the, the dragons, which are cool. Uh, Old Norburn is a cool one. Tiamat, obviously, is a very expensive commander card now. Um, just cool flavor-wise, I, the, the d d heads that I know are really into it. I know people that are kind of waned from magic who just collected a whole set of the monster manual Style cards, <clears throat> yeah, because they just I, like them, and that's cool. So, I, I like, yeah, I
0: liked it, all of the, all of people. the flavor stuff. Like, I don't, I don't understand a lot of the, a lot of the references, and a lot of the flavor. It's not for me. It's not. What, I, you know, I don't understand it, but I do like it and I appreciate it. I liked the the dice rolling thing. It was very thematically on point. Um, and yeah, like basic lands of flavor text. Like that's really cool. I yeah, I think this this set was an Interesting one to pin down, I think, really, how I feel about it. I personally would have preferred a core set, and it would have been nice if you know if every card didn't have 15 lines of text on it again, but yeah, just, just magic now. That's fine, I guess. I guess if, if they were yeah. going to do it for any set, you have the Dungeon Dragon set be the wordy set, right? That's all right.
1: No, that's unhinged. Um... Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sure, I guess so. Uh, one of them had the mechanic wordy unhinged. Oh, yeah, it was unhinged. Oh, it, would been a, it would have been a reasonable joke if I hadn't forgotten <laughs> what the set was it was.
0: A... Yeah, sure. Yeah, I really liked all of the uh, all of like the the names for like all the modal cards and stuff as well. Like, it was, you know, choose one, break the chains, do this, or interrogate them, do that. Where you had like make decisions and really sort of translating the D anD D mechanics onto magic cards. I really liked that a lot.
1: Yeah, like, you come across some goblins or whatever.
0: Yeah, what do you do? Do you fight them? Do you run? Like, yeah. It was a cool design. I liked, I liked that a lot. Same.
1: I think we I may have been against them at the time because they were kind of confusing when we like named mechanics, but they were, they were a cool idea, and yeah. it certainly worked on the modal cards for sure.
0: Yeah, I liked it, I liked it. <clears throat> Uh, next up then we had August 24th we had announcement day which we got the, the announcements of everything that was coming this year uh, it was pretty cool I thought um, yeah obviously we got a bit more information about Innistrad and then we got all the big stuff about Kamigawa, about New Capenna, and about the two sets and Dominaria so Dominaria United and the Brothers War which we have since had confirmed that is uh, Urza and Mishra and not the, uh, the brothers from Kamigawa
1: <laughs> yeah, which is good to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh we did we did also skip uh, the arena starter kits. Oh yeah. Which we, yeah. like it's not a big deal, but like they were they're they're kind of like your planeswalker deck level product now. Yeah. And they come with two decks like the packs, and they're like eight pounds retail. So they're a good thing just to just chuck at new players. Like, give us yeah. a go. And there are
0: also two versions of them?
1: Yeah, there's <sighs> the Arena Starter Kit twenty twenty one and then like starter kit 2021 or something, and I always send out the wrong one, when someone orders one by, po- by post. And then oh no, to... no, I
0: mean the, the Arena awesome. Starter Kit. There's there's two versions of it. So there's one that is available at the stores, and one of them's an Amazon exclusive. <clears throat> oh, cool. They've got a different face card, but that's it. Like...
1: Oh, g- cool. That's good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there are two ones with similar names though, but yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there are there are decent products just struck at new players, um, and they're probably slightly better than um, slightly better than the Planeswalker decks. Yeah, Yeah, I I think so. They're they're a reasonable decision from what'sie. Yeah,
0: totally, totally. What we have next? next we have the uh, the release of Jumpstar Historic Horizons on August twenty sixth. It was a a Magic Arena exclusive product, featuring uh, unique, designed for digital cards that only work in digital. Um, yeah, this this set was was fine. Uh, there's only maybe two cards that I see play from this. Um, I don't know. Like it was obviously it was a good way to get like um, like some of the jump start cards on arena, but also to do things like like the merfolk that makes a tropical island. Like that was really cool. Yeah, I I, I didn't hold any sort of gripes against digital digital only cards when this came out, but I, under, I understood people were upset with it. But I, I think I was very much on the side of the fence that, like, look, like they said from the start that they want Arena to be separate, they want Magic Arena to be separate, they want Digital and Tabletop to be separate, and this, for me, was them firmly drawing that line in the sand, and yeah, I think it's cool. Uh, I thought they, the way they distributed this product was awful, and that you could only get it if you opened, if you entered the Jumpstart or Historic Horizons event, and then... Played in the event with those decks, uh you couldn't just like buy packs of it. You can you had to like either craft the cards you needed, were like rare wild cards and mythic wild cards, or mm-hmm. pay like I don't know, stupid like five thousand gold a pop. I don't know. This was it was a very strange product, but I guess it's only the start of, of, of seeing stuff like this on Arena.
1: Just use that abundance of surplus wildcards you definitely have on your account from spending loads of money to craft all the cards. Yeah. (laughs) That's how it works, right?
0: Yeah, apparently. Apparently. I don't know. I don't know. It was fine for what it is. It's not the worst thing they did to Arena last year. Next up, then, we have the release of Innistrad Midnight Hunt. It was on September 24th, and Standard also rotated, so we finally got to say goodbye to Throne of Eldraine, on Death, Ikoria, Lair Behemoths, and Corset 2021.
1: I think that was more exciting for people than the actual release of Innistrad Midnight Hunt. Yeah, I think so.
0: Definitely. (laughs) It was good to get Eldrain out of there finally, but at the same time, I think, I think Standard very, very quickly turned into like being dominated by Elrond's epiphany far too quickly.
1: Yeah. I think people started to miss the old (laughs) (laughs) cards. Yeah. Which is surprising. (laughs) Uh,
0: yeah. Ember Cleaver's good, actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it turns out. Um, yeah, I mean, Innistrad: Minute Hunt was a good set. I enjoyed
0: it. Great I, format. Yeah, I I really liked it a lot. Um, I I just feel like it just just suffers from like every set does nowadays. Like you just don't have time to sit down and, and enjoy it because you have to be thinking about the next thing that's coming in two weeks' time or whatever. Like yeah, for sure, for sure. But no, it was cool. It was a good set. I I liked it thematically. Uh, I feel like, like at the same time though, I feel like it's one of the worst Innistrad sets released, which. Which I, I guess probably isn't like the the worst, the worst thing to say. Given that like every Innistrad set's been a banger apart from like these two, but I don't know. It just felt it felt a bit underwhelming. It would it be nice to get more time to to play with it. it would it be nice to play with it in person as well, or do a pre release or you know any of those kind of things. I think if it has been released under like normal circumstances, I'd probably take it a lot better. But it just felt like a, a bit of a letdown. Really, still a cool set.
1: Yeah, it was very cool. Flavor and Law wise and. Exploring in a and <laughs> knowing that what's he still know how to do in a strad sets. Yeah. yeah. In terms of playability, maybe not home but I think that's fine. Like, we've just come off so many fire design sets that have just given a massive upheaval to standard. And I guess this kind of did that in that the, the other sets rotated out, and like you said, Aaron's Epiphany just dominate the format. Yeah. But it's nice to just have just a normal, kind of boring set with a couple of cool commander cards in, and that's it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think
1: that's kind of fine, <laughs> considering the alternative is, you know, Omnath or Uro or, or Oko. Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want those at any time soon. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, nothing seemed too ridiculous. It's like, oh, like, we took massacres, you good commander card, it's reasonable in other formats as well. Like, the Earth Smoldering Egg was doing some work in standard. Like, your big five-mana planeswalker chase mythic behaves like a big five mana planes walker chase mythic and that's probably fine as well i mean yeah, there are definitely, definitely some cool again... cards as well like like fateful absence was pretty cool memory deluge like we got we got some good cards in the set and then even at, like the commons and like uncommons we had stuff um like, like considers in there considers doing some work it's a great card
1: yeah but one of the best cards doomsday has gotten since Sassazor. yeah um yeah, it's. It, it, I think it's fine to have like an Ixalan every now and again, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I. I yeah, and I. I don't know. I'd say this, this might even be better than an Ixalan, maybe? Yeah, it was just like. Know, this, is a cool, this is
1: yeah. a, a cool world, but generally of very little importance in terms of constructive magic.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I, I definitely agree fully there.
1: From, you know, like Ixalan introduced Opt to modern. Yeah. Um,. Done Pioneer, and then they reprinted the shit out of it, so whatever. And this had Consider, you know, like, it's got, like, a little piece of cool, this is interesting, has a couple of cool cards, like, you had Search for or as Counter next clan but generally, this yeah, is interesting and it, not good.
0: Brought Delver of Secrets to Pioneer as well, like,
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, it does a couple of things that are interesting. The world building is still really cool, the is great, and you can just move on to the next one, and I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, next up, then, we have... Uh, I guess, yeah, World Championship. Let's, let's hit that. World Championship was won by Yuta Takahashi. Like, Yeah, you said that was the important one last year, and I believe it was as well, definitely.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't care about the World Championships. I didn't really watch any of it. I watched some of the highlights of uh, Yuta Takahashi playing. I watched a, I watched a few highlights, and uh, I do not really care about it, because I don't really care about Magic tournaments anymore, because that's what lots have done to me, and to a lot of yeah. people. But, yeah, Yuta Takahashi being the World Champion is, is extremely well-deserved, and I'm very happy for him. Um, just yeah. <laughs> watching him realise he was the world champion was uh, an excellent couple
0: of minutes. <laughs> oh, it was great. It's going to be exciting to see what card he puts his likeness on. I can't wait to see that. After that, we had yeah, reba- is, rebalanced cards are introduced as a permanent feature in Magic Arena. So, as I said, what, what? yeah, rebalanced cards. That's it forever now. Like we, We've gone far past the line in the sand that was Jumpstart Heart Historic Horizons. Uh, Alchemy is going to be a thing. You're going to get to to rebalance cards, change cards, whatever they want. And if if that's the future, that's fine. That's fine. They can do that. I don't want to part of it myself. But hey, that's it. That's it.
1: I'm installing Magic: The Gathering Arena from my computer was the best decision I ever made. <laughs> <It> turns out <laughs> yeah. I do have to care about this stuff, you know.
0: <laughs> uh, after that, we had so two days after that we had the release of Pioneer Challenger decks. So I don't know you said you wanted to touch on that earlier.
1: Yeah, great product. I like them. They're good. Um, yeah, they're actually built around existing archetypes. One of them is actually really good, like the Black White Aura Sec is actually very, very good out of the box. Um, yeah, has a lot of good reprints. has a lot of good cards. The, I mean the the Lotus Field combo one is actually fine as well. The Mono Red one. Is yeah, this one's cool There's as well. maybe
0: one or two changes that make to the Lotus Field one out of the box to make it like actually competitive, but yep. it's it's reasonable. Like you could you could like you could two two an F and with it straight out of the box, and that's fine.
1: Yeah, I like it, and I like like. We've always said that the um, the modern event deck that they did way back in 2014, yep. I want to say, yep. it's one of the best products they did. Um, it was a great deck out of the box at the time. Remember when Black White Tokens was an actual modern deck? Yeah. <laughs> um, they It was actually reasonable out of the box. It had some good reprints in it. it had sort of Feast of Family, Path to Exile, Inquisition of Cozleg, Dismember, great cards. Um, and <laughs> it had those awful, awful sleeves as well. Yep. Um, <laughs> that's a good product, and I like these Pioneer Challenger decks. Um, Challenger decks are a, are a great idea because they're like. £30-£35 you know, for the Pioneer ones and you get to play the format and they're perfectly fine cards and it won't cost you much to upgrade them. Um, yeah. So I I, I, like, I like this a lot and I hope they continue to do them. And I hope the Pioneer's a format because I, I played it for an entire FNM it was really fun.
0: Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I mean, last time I played Pioneer was um, was Blue, Black and Verda and I loved that. Yeah. It's a shame, a shame I'll never get to play that again but uh, I do have a, a fully... Yeah, fully completed full seventy-five for, for blue white control, so maybe that's going to be my life once uh, things are safe to play again. But I, I, yeah. I think the format's really cool. I, I like the space. I was a big fan of Frontier, and sure, if I have to warp the card pool slightly, I'll give Pioneer a go, definitely. Give it a good run.
1: Yeah, these, these decks are great. I'm a big fan.
0: Cool. So coming up to the end of the year now, we have the release of Innistrad Crimson Vow, so pretty much what we said for Midnight Hunt, I think. Yeah. Um, In terms of Innistrad sets, probably the worst one, a bit forgettable. I don't really understand blood tokens. Um, I don't know why Cleave is in this set at all. I think Cleave should have been in Kamigawa. I literally
1: literally forgot. Oh my god, that would be amazing. I literally forgot Cleave as a mechanic. This only happened less than two months ago, and I completely completely forgot this mechanic existed. (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, Yeah, a forgettable set with one of the best modern cards of all time printed in it, so that's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Blood Fountain is excellent. Yeah, I don't like Bloods. I, I don't like them being called Blood Tokens. I think they're a cool token. I think one tap and sack rummage is a really cool token. Yeah, same. I don't really like that it's Blood, because it seems a little bit parasitic to vampire-related sets, and I don't think you yeah, have Blood yeah. in every set, which is a shame Like you can with treasure and, and clues, to a certain extent, um, and food, but it's a cool token I, I like it it's a cool design yeah, cleave i totally forgot about and i can't yeah. really think of good cards in that set
0: um good cards in that set uh hole horror is a ridiculous magic card absolutely ridiculous magic card oh, yeah uh, i want them to remove that from the vintage cube please that would be nice
1: um <laughs> bring back frosty
0: yeah oh 100 um faithbound judge is a really cool card um Yep. That I don't think is getting enough love. There's a Slug Horror Commander, so that's that's a thing.
1: Oh, yeah, but it's Cemetery Desecrator. Yes, yeah. The, the black yeah, looks like cool. Nemesis. That card is nonsense. I played it in two games, and I think I'm going to take it out of that deck. If you can rebuy it, it's absurd. <laughs> it just kills uh,
0: things. Thalia as well. They brought Thalia to Pioneer with the set, so that's pretty cool. Sure.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, it's... Fine. it's
0: it's fine it's, it's fine it's good
1: and I like, again like I said about Midnight Hunt it just, I like having a palette cleanser yeah, so it's kind of fine I like this card I like this card that's it the law's cool that's all you need sometimes
0: yeah yeah definitely I just I wish I cared did cared and I the law anymore like <laughs> to enjoy the set but I just don't and that's the, you know. the
1: cinematic cinematic trailer was great
0: uh, I don't remember it
1: you should watch it again it's cool yeah it's a good I one. might do that's I one of the do. good things what you keep doing is the cinematic trailers they're doing a good job of it. yeah
0: Cool. Next up, then, we have uh, December 2nd was the official introduction of Magic Arena Alchemy. Um, yeah, we've talked about it a bit already. I don't like it one bit. I think if it was a standalone thing, then, yeah, that's cool. That's fine. But the rebalance cards are also used in Historic. Um, nobody can give me a good reason why they are also used in Historic. There's literally <laughs> no reason for that. Uh but, you know was that the coach should refund everybody for their wild cards That they've, they've changed the cards overnight like they bought a product and now they don't have that product now they can only use a a different version of that product and that really sucks i yeah i i don't know there are lots of individual things that i like about alchemy but shoving them all together into this one thing that really nobody asked for this this monstrosity i i don't like it and if it's what stops me playing magic arena then so be it oh well I wasn't paying in, for it anyway. Not gonna miss Magic
1: me. the Gathering Arena was one of the best decisions I ever made. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I guess, <laughs> finally, then, we have December 23rd. So, not that long ago at the time of recording, we have Daybreak Games has acquired the license to develop, provide live service, and publish magic online.
1: Okay, this is genuinely brand brand new information for me. I did not know this was a thing. Oh, you didn't because, know about this? No, because at this point, I was really, really... Concerned about contracting COVID before Christmas, so I just ignored this. I guess. Please tell me more.
0: Yeah. So yeah, Daybreak Games uh, are taking over the the running of Magic Online. Um, we don't know a lot about it or what that's going to mean, but the fact that they have the license to develop, provide a live service, and publish Magic Online makes me think that potentially we're going to see some sort of subscription model for Magic Online, or more things where you can you can buy something and have access to sets or cars for a limited time like we saw some really good things done with like eternal weekend and and various different types of, of tokens and, and points and for all sorts of events done done over the past i guess pandemic period really so it'd be really good to see if they take a look at that and make some lessons from that and and i don't know like give us some some good live services for magic the gathering online which would be good i think yeah. also the fact that that they have brought an external team in to, magic, to manage Magic Online and really sort of put some development into it. Gives me hope that they are going to continue to support it for the, for the long term because yeah. uh, currently it's the best way, way to play Magic, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you can that's play cool. what other
0: formats you want like you can play you can play vintage you can play a vintage deck for a fraction of what it costs you to play a modern deck in paper and have a great <laughs> <Yeah>. time <laughs> with some incredibly powerful cards but yeah i i think it's cool um daybreak games themselves aren't aren't without their um their controversies uh, i believe they were the the company that was in charge of like Sony Online Entertainment or they were Sony Online Entertainment originally uh, and then rebranded themselves as Daybreak Game Company after they had the big data breach of the of, uh, PSN
1: yeah that's a that's a bad look
0: yeah I mean it was
1: back, like
0: must be like 10 years ago now or something when PSN got hacked and there was like millions of people's data was just leaked um, so I believe they were <laughs> believe they were the management company then <laughs> Or at least they were the management company then under a different name and have since been re I don't know reworked to be another company. I don't know at least these weird business legal loopholes and stuff. smart what business an people resume. smart business people have, have done some things behind the scenes to make them a different company now uh, and now they're going to be responsible for magic online so
1: we'll see we'll see what happens. Can't be worse than the arena model. No, no, it can't be. It literally cannot be. <laughs> literally cannot be. Because
0: like, there just isn't one. But <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting. So they're going to be taking over the development for Magic and like, Gathering Online. Uh, so that uh, we're going to get an official roadmap of what that's going to look like sometime in 2022. Um, yeah, I, I'm optimistic, definitely. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Just anything, yeah. anything where they're throwing money at Magic Online is, is what I want to see.
1: Yeah, it's good to know that like, even if they're passing it off to someone else to manage, they actually care about it and want it to continue, right? So, Yeah,
0: definitely. I mean, yeah, the company doesn't have a good track record, but at least Wizards of the Coast are showing that they're willing to throw, throw money at Magic Online. So, fingers crossed, right? Fingers crossed.
1: Someone's going to be optimistic. Wizards of the Coast also doesn't have a good track record. Ha ha! Yeah. <laughs> Got him. <'em.
0: laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. Oh well, magic, magic on the yeah, magic online's going to die, and it's all going to be Mark Rosewater's fault. There we go. And then That's he's more going like to a sh- it.
1: Shit on your driveway. Yeah. And says this his way as he commands all things that. Yeah. Mark Rosewater
0: stabbed my firstborn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he claimed the firstborn.
0: Yeah. Whew. well, that was the year in magic. It was. It was a year, wasn't it?
1: yeah a lot more things happened than i remember and also a lot of it wasn't that interesting
0: <laughs> yeah the whole thing just feels like a blur that like if it had been i don't know maybe i would have cared about a lot more of these things like a few years ago but i, I feel like the constant decision making the constant like changes and in, changes in directions that i don't agree with across all facets of the game have just just really worn me down and i don't know yeah. i just want to I want to get back to and legacy in a pub. That's all, all I want to do eventually.
1: Yeah, or well maybe you know, over the summertime, COVID will be less of a concern, and you can start doing that again.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. It would be nice. Cool. Any any final words on on twenty twenty one before we go then?
1: No, <laughs> I didn't quit magic that year. Yeah. Here's to twenty twenty two. Despite
0: everything, despite everything,
1: despite it all, I'm still here
0: fantastic and on that note come let us know how you felt about magic in, in the bizarre year that was 2021 and hit us up on social media on twitter we're at hfdcast facebook.com slash hofdcast. or if you've really enjoyed anything in the episode would like to give back a name on true value you can hit us up at patreon we're at patreon.com slash hour of devastation tears start from as little as one dollar per month that's roughly 20 25 cents per episode
1: uh, this podcast is brought to you by manalik.com where you can go and use the promo code hofd5 to get five percent off your whole order and that's it. I breathed in like I was going to say something else, but that's it.
0: <laughs> Find me <my> on personal <laughs> social media. On Twitter, I'm at Peach PeachGardenOaf. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. I'm in pretty much any of the magic groups. Also stream magic every Friday night on Twitch, at twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf. Uh, we do a lot of fun. We do a lot of Cube. Uh, I've got lots of time off work currently, and I'm just jamming Vintage Cube. Like, it's just going out of fashion. It's great fun. It's been fantastic. If you want to come check it out, it's twitch.tv slash PeachGardenOaf.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Gene Snealer. Nice. <laughs> I just, I'm really hitting the hobby streak. I'm going to try and do some kind of hobby every day this year, at least. Whether that's building or painting or whatever. Uh, and I periodically post screenshots of my RuneScape account that no one cares about, which is fine, because who cares about RuneScape? <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: Nice. That's all we have time for. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Hour of Devastation.